Hello everyone. So in this episode, we'll have a bonus talk with Ibrahim Ahmed on his book recommendations. So he'll give us two books and I'll give one book and we'll finish. So hi Ibrahim. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great actually. So what are you doing? You told me that you were reading, not reading, you listened to some new books that you swear by now. <laughs> Yeah, there was a book that you told me like more than five times about. Yes, and uh, I'll tell you the sixth time. You need to read this book. Yes, it's amazing. Which is? It's titled Algorithms to Live By. It's by Brian Christian and another author who I forgot his name. But this book is awesome. Like it, it's really an eye opener. I mean, it's not for everybody, of course. It's for people who. Who like like computer science, mathematics, are passionate about philosophy also. Uh-huh. So it, it kind of tells you how how computer algorithms can be used in your everyday life, and it kind of relates into really different impressive stories. I mean, I've learned so much about it. It talks about the algorithms of searching versus sorting, like the the dilemma of optimal stopping or choosing partner scheduling theory it even talks about the origins of the internet and how it was done and how it was managed and how it's different from the phone I mean what's the difference between the protocol of the internet and the protocol of the phone why did they invent it and how did it revolutionize you know the way we communicate so it's amazing it even goes on to talk about game theory which is and it explains it in a very very beautiful and simple way that's what I like about it. So you should highly, highly, I highly recommend it. You should really read it. Okay. So if you speak to a businessman or like aspiring entrepreneurs, what advice this book gives to them, in order to like to improve their workflow? It, it has so much advice. I mean, I don't know. Pinpoint exactly one one piece you can of give advice. One but for example. Uh, when it told when it talked about for example scheduling theory it tells you that very very like very very easy thing to re- realize is that if you have a bunch of tasks that you're going to finish and if every task will consume a particular amount of time with you I mean, regardless of any other task and, and of all the tasks are independent of each other then it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the, the order of your tasks so if you have 10 tasks, it doesn't matter whatever you start with because finally you're going to spend the exact amount of time doing all these tasks. I mean, that is a bit of an eye-opener for me, Why? I think. Because when you, you know, when you talk about prioritizing, we, a, lot, a lot of time we spend, uh, yeah, we spend so much time thinking about what should I do next and what's the most important thing I should do today. When in reality, it... it, it ultimately boils down to I need to get I mean I need to to think about what I'm optimizing for so it, it, it tells you about this that it, when it comes to doing tasks you can never change I mean if every task has the exact same amount of time you cannot change that and all tasks will the whole work will take the same amount of time regardless of the order but what you can optimize for is what different things you can optimize for optimal lateness, you can optimize for the number of tasks you can get done in a particular amount of time, you can optimize for um, how many uh, will be overdue. So it depends on what you're optimizing for. This will 
determine the order that you're going to do these tasks. What do you mean by optimal levels? Huh? If you read the book, you'll understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Now, next book is from my side, then we'll end with you. Okay. So, I told you to read this book, and you read it. It's deep work. Okay. Well, can you report? I like this book because um, it's a very important topic in today's age because we are in a world full of distractions. And even me, I look at my phone all the time. You are now looking at your phone while talking at me. No, no, because I'm, I'm actually trying to pull off some of the notes I, I got from, from that book. Deep Work? No, no, the other one. Ah, nice. Anyway, so I read Deep Work maybe twice. And I can give you like one like actionable tip that you can use. So first I need to define deep work. Deep work is work that is uninterrupted with the high focus level. So uh, it will allow you to finish your work faster with like more uh, like a higher quality outcome. So what can you do to achieve this goal is basically to isolate yourself uh, like blocks two hours or 30 minutes depending on your concentration span and then work on it and finish and that's it it's the book is short you can finish it if you read it in two days if you read like three hours a day I guess and I mean three hours is a bit too much don't you think I read three day. hours a day and I don't feel it in weekends yeah maybe for you but not everybody can read three hours a day anyway if, if you want to finish it quickly so it's very simple advice for you to work, but nobody talks about it because people are more on the the opposite side, the, the shallow work aspect. And and this is like a new direction. And he even has a chapter on quitting social media. Maybe you don't agree with him, maybe I don't agree with him, but something to consider that if you want to be like one of the top people in your field, maybe you can consider blocking people out from your uh, spectrum. So you can achieve your goals because if that's what you want, maybe you should like focus on it. That's amazing. And it's a good thing that you mentioned this distractions on social media because algorithms to live by also tackles this issue. Really? Yeah, in one of the chapters. Ah. When he talked about he talked about distractions and what what what, what and how to, how to how to optimize for them. For example, because when when it comes to distractions you have two you have two things that that you that, that are basically a trade-off when it comes to distraction. It's whether it's either you are always available yeah. or yeah. you can get stuff done, right? Oh. So if, if you are always available, it means that you you're gonna respond to every email, every message, every interaction timely, timely, in a timely manner. And if you want to get some real stuff done, then you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to put some time and delay some of these notifications, and this happens with the processor because when it when it when it comes to the processor, the processor has two things that it's doing. I mean, there's so many tasks that it ought to be doing, right? And it will schedule those tasks. And when it's doing something, it needs to be flexible enough to to assign some time for that thing to be done, while at the same time, when the user tries to move the mouse, the processor will respond the movement of the mouse so the movement of the mouse or any button on the keyboard is, is basically like a distraction it's like an email that you get you send the processor that oh please respond to this 
I want this done. I want, I want the, my mouse to move this way. I want to type this thing. Yeah. While the processor is doing other things like copying files or surfing the web, loading something, mm-hmm. right? So how do you optimize between these two trade-offs? The book t- tackles this issue and tells you that you need to, if you, if, if you need to, you know, block some time no later than the, the user is willing to wait. So if the user is willing to wait, for example, 500 milliseconds before noticing a delay, then you don't need to respond within 100 milliseconds. You can, you can delay it up to 500 milliseconds. And it tells you the same concept applied to emails. If, the, if responding to an email within a day is reasonable in, within your corporation, then you, do, you don't need to check your email more than once a day. That's exactly the same ish idea. Yeah. So, because it's a trade-off, whether you're always responsive, you know, or you're getting things done. Because the problem with, with, with stopping a thing in the middle, even with the processor, that you need to schedule where you, where you stopped, and then you need to save that part, and yeah. then go to the next thing, and then after you're done, you need to go back. So this, this takes time. This, yeah, this, this, is called, yeah, this is called context switching. Mm-hmm. It talks about this context switching. And if you're not optimizing this correctly, you could all you, what you're doing, all what you could be doing, is just switching between tasks without doing any meaningful work at all. And this actually happened. This thing actually happened in with NASA, when they sent a probe, I think, to Mars or, or one of the planets. Uh, the book also tackles this issue that suddenly the the, the, the probe is, is the, the mission of the probe was to send photos, okay? To them. So after a while, it suddenly stopped sending photos. What, what they realize is that it actually it was functioning, you know, functioning correctly and, and everything. But the problem was that it was switching so much between tasks. I mean, because it, it will receive the signal from them and also take the photo. But it, it kept switching between, you know, doing the, the actual work of taking the photos and responding to their, you know, messages and requests from the the station that it didn't do any meaningful work it just kept doing this forever so that was a bug that they, they discovered because of this issue so th- this also happens with, with us human beings so this is one of the things that we need to consider nice you even sh- should read this book just to get the terminology that you have context switching and makes you look fancy yeah it's really nice so that's why I highly recommend it okay I should read it next anyway Okay, so I recommended my book. Now it's your turn. Okay, another book I would highly recommend is The Power of Habit. Uh-huh, you read I mean, it? Yes. Uh-huh. This book is amazing. I mean, it talks about the whole science of habit change and habit formation and how you can apply habits to, to not only individuals but also corporations. It has so many stories of how, you know, the simple habits change or transformed entire corporations. So this is a very, very powerful book that you must read. Yeah, I read the first hundred pages. It was, it was full of good stories. Yeah, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Then I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you should consider reading. Yeah, my friend book. Muhammad is reading it right now. He bought the paper book. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Okay. So that's what we have. Three books. Algorithms to live by, deep work, and the power of habit. Maybe if you read them and execute, you will be phenomenal, like Ibrahim and me. Only Ibrahim. Anyway, (laughs) see you next week. Okay, see you next week. Bye.